welcome to this week's episode of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. Thank you so much for sending me all your excellent questions recently. I've had some goodies like, are wormholes real? How far up a redwood tree can a cat climb? And how do you make chocolate spread? Mmm. I'm putting them all into my new book, of everything under the sun book two it's going to be about the world so lots of festivals world food indigenous cultures tribes in the amazon animals all over the world different habitats all kinds of nature so get sending me your questions if you want a chance to be in the book i've written about half of it so i still need a couple more questions so you could be in with a chance of being in book two if you send me your questions about festivals food tribes culture anything to do with things all over the world. So just borrow a grown-up's phone, record yourself saying your name and your age and the country you live in and ask me a question. You can do it as a voice recording or a video recording and email it to me at molly at everythingundersun.co.uk. I can't wait to hear them. Now, since it's nearly Halloween, I thought we'd have a spooky episode of questions. Full of spooky things. Our first question is going to be about blood. And it comes from Adam. Over to Adam. Hi Molly, I'm Adam. I am eight and three quarters. I live in Durham. I like tennis. And my question is, what colour blood do jellyfish have? Thanks so much, Adam, for your excellent scary question about blood. Well, jellyfish blood. It's a very good question. I wasn't so sure of the answer, but I contacted Julie Burwald, who knows all about jellyfish. Julie is a science writer and an ocean expert. She loves jellyfish and coral, and she has a new book out called Life on the Rocks, which is brilliant, and it's all about the urgent fight to save coral reefs. Over to Julie. Hi, Adam. I'm Julie Burwald, and I'm an ocean scientist living in Texas. And I've also written a book about jellyfish. I love your question about the blood of jellyfish. It turns out they don't have any. One major reason we humans have blood is to move things we need, like oxygen, into our tissues and to move things we don't need, like carbon dioxide, out. But jellyfish are made out of mostly seawater. They are 95% seawater. They are so watery that the seawater does the job of delivering oxygen and taking away the carbon dioxide. One really cool thing about jellyfish is that they can use their big bells like a scuba tank. The bells are full of a seawatery space called mesoglia. They can actually fill that mesoglia with extra oxygen. And then, if they get to a part of the ocean where the oxygen is low, they can basically use the oxygen from their mesoglia in their bell to survive until they find a place with more oxygen. How awesome is that? Thank you so much for your jellyfish question. I loved answering it. Wow, thank you so much, Julie, for that wonderful answer about jellyfish. And that 
they don't have any blood. Isn't that bizarre? I find that so fascinating. I will never look at jellyfish in the same way again. Although normally when I see one in the ocean, I just keep swimming as fast as I can away from one because I really don't want to get stung by a jellyfish. I also love that they use their bells as a scuba tank. I thought since we have Julie here and I've got another jellyfish question that needs answering, we'd do one more. This one comes from Adam. Over to Adam. Hi, my name is Adam. I'm five years old from England. I like writing and drawing. What are jellyfish made of? Thank you, Adam, for that excellent question. Right, well, let's go back to Julie for the answer to this jellyfish question. Over to Julie. Hi, Adam. Jellyfish are really, really watery, about 95% water. Although some have been measured to have even higher amounts of water inside, as much as 98%. The other, you know, say 5%, is mostly a kind of molecule called a protein, which is what makes up our skin and our tissues. One way you might be familiar with protein is by looking at the white part of an egg, which is all protein. And there's just a little bit of lipids or fats inside of a jellyfish, which is similar to what we find in an egg yolk. So if you put 95 spoonfuls of water in a bucket and then added five spoonfuls of egg white and a drop of egg yolk, you'd basically have the composition of a jellyfish. One really cool thing about jellyfish being nearly all protein, besides the water, is that they could be a healthy food to eat. Scientists in Italy discovered that they contain a lot of antioxidants, which are substances that protect us from diseases. And lots of people do eat jellyfish in Asia. When I was visiting Japan, I tried some jellyfish. And guess what it tasted like? Not fish and not shrimp and not slime. To me, jellyfish tasted like green peppers, kind of crispy and crunchy and plain. Maybe you could give jellyfish a try and report back on what you think it tastes like. Thanks so much for your question, Adam. It was super fun to answer. Thank you, Julie, for answering Adam's question. So jellyfish taste like green peppers and then 95% water. Hmm, you could try out Julie's recipe for a bucket full of jellyfish-like substance for Halloween. It would be a good trick if you don't get a treat. Get the naughty person with no treats to put their hand in a bucket like jellyfish made of egg white, egg yolk and water. Yuck! Thank you so much, Julie, for answering another excellent jellyfish question and your wonderful answer. Well, now that brings us on to our next question, which comes from Maddie and Thomas. Over to them. Hello, my name is Maddie. I am nine years old and I like football and drawing. I'm Thomas. I'm seven years old and I like maths and Pokemon. And our question is, why are black cats and the number 13 unlucky to some people? Thank you! Hi 
Maddie and Thomas? Well, thank you very much. That's a very good question, and it's perfect for Halloween. Well, the history of cats is a little bit confusing. No one exactly knows why they became thought of as unlucky. But because back in ancient Egypt, cats were actually associated with the divine and were thought to be great creatures. But then in the Middle Ages, cats became associated with the devil. How did that happen? Well, cats were rounded up and killed at that time because there was a really bad disease going around, like how recently we've had to live through COVID. Well, then everyone had to be careful of something called the bubonic plague. People had no idea how the disease was spreading around, but some people thought that it was cats who were spreading the plague around. And so then they really hated cats and thought that they were very unlucky, which is not surprising if you think they were spreading disease, which they didn't, poor little cats. In 1233, Pope Gregory IV declared that black cats were the incarnation of the devil. In later medieval times, black cats became associated with witchcraft. People thought that they helped witches with their magic, or that they were witches in disguise. The church didn't really like witches, and so they really persecuted them, which is a little bit unfair, because witches are probably just ladies who believed in magic, which is pretty okay by me. The idea of a black cat crossing your path being unlucky is connected to this idea. People thought that black cats crossing your path were sent on a mission from a witch, or were even witches in disguise. But now, some people think of a black cat as lucky. If one crosses your path, that's a sign that luck is going to come. That's what I thought anyway. Well, maybe I've got it totally wrong. In different cultures, people think different things. I personally quite like cats, and I think black cats look great. And I'm also into the idea of witches and magic, so I don't really think that they are unlucky. But back in the day, people thought they caused the bubonic plague. As for the number 13, well, just like cats, it's difficult to pinpoint exactly why the number 13 is considered unlucky. Superstitions evolve over time and across cultures. Some people say it goes back to Norse mythology, when Loki, the god of trickery and mischief, went uninvited to a banquet for the gods, bringing the number of gods up from 12 to 13, because Loki was there, not invited. There were only supposed to have been 12 people there. At this dinner, Loki managed to trick a god into killing his brother, who was the god of joy and light. So no wonder the number 13 became unlucky because of that naughty god. Well, this myth might have spread through Europe, and Jesus is said to have had his last supper with 13 people around the table. There were 12 guests, and then the last number 13 guest was Judas, who ended up betraying Jesus. So again, an unlucky number of people at that dinner party. Did you know that the fear of number 13 is a very long word, which I think you pronounce parascevidecatriophobia? But don't be scared of 13, it's just a number. I have a good friend who was born on the 13th of September and he has decided 13 is his lucky number and always chooses it. Like, if you go to the cinema, he'd like to sit on seat number 13 because for him, he's decided it's lucky. You do make your own luck, so don't go worrying about cats or the number 13. My personal favourite number is 7. What is yours? I hope that answers your question, sort of, both of you, and thank you for sending it in. Now for our final question, which comes from River. Over to River. 
Hello, my name is River. I'm six years old. I live in Australia. I like drawing and my question for this week is, do spiders have seven legs when they're cut off or when they are born? Bye-bye. River? Well, that's a very good question. Hmm. Well, spiders are usually born with eight legs. However, it is possible that a spider might be born with a birth defect, which means they have less than eight legs. It's not uncommon to see spiders with fewer than eight legs in nature because sometimes spiders, in going about their lives, can lose a leg or two. In fact, if a spider's leg gets caught, it can chop its own leg off to free the rest of its body so that it can escape and carry on its spidery life with one less leg. Uh, and that's why you might see a spider with less than eight legs, but generally they're born with eight. I hope that answers your question, River, and thank you for sending it in. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a very lovely, spooky week. A huge thank you to the wonderful Julie Burwells for talking to us about jellyfish, as well as to our five children this week, Adam, Adam, Maddie, Thomas and River. Do get yourself a copy of my beautiful book, Everything Under the Sun, a curious question for every day of the year. It makes such a good present for birthday parties and also for Christmas. And it's full of 365 children's questions sent in from around the world to this podcast, Everything Under the Sun. And it's full of beautiful drawings by 12 different artists. So I know you're going to love it. Have a super fun Halloween full of scary things and delicious treats. And have the best week full of curiosity and wonder. I'll be back next week answering more questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. Sending lots of sunshine. Thank you and goodbye. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and audio networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. I'll be back next week answering more questions about everything under the sun. See you then. I'm James Stewart, and in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. Led, of course, by your questions. Hi, James. I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. <laughs> this is Saving Planet Earth. Available wherever you get your podcasts.